It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, make sure you follow us along on Twitter, where we send out links segment by segment for the show. Also, Instagram and TikTok. But we got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us. And they help out you guys like Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out and make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, BoneandJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm your health plans. Get better with Farm Your Health Plans, but a coverage, rates, and service. Learn more about a health plan for you, FBHP.com slash ATOZ. And Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call them for a free case consultation, 800-800-4600 for Hughes and Coleman. So, Zach, uh, you know, I hope uh, everybody's Christmas was better than the Titans' Christmas Eve, where they were unable to uh, get any points there at the end of that game, losing to the Texans the fifth consecutive loss. 19-14 was that final score. The Titans now drop to seven and eight on the season after the five straight losses. And there's a lot uh, to talk about leading up to this Cowboys game and leading up to the win and in Jags game that will be week 18. But let's go to Mike Vrabel's post-game press conference from Saturday when Jim Wyatt of the Tennessee Titans website asked Mike Vrabel after the game if this five-game losing streak has been the hardest stretch of his career as the Titans head coach. I mean, I think that that's part of the job. I think that's part of this uh, obligation to the football team is to try to be as honest as you can with them. Uh, Try to recognize the difference between, you know, a guy making a mistake. You know I mean? You hear, man, I hate losing. I hate losing too. So maybe we should love preparing and love focusing um, before the game and doing as much as we possibly can so that we don't make mistakes in critical times or mental errors or things that could be avoidable, avoided. Uh, as far as, you know, I mean, that's, that's part of the job. You know, it's, you know, it's rewarding watching guys succeed. That's why I do this and watching them develop and, and improve. Uh, you know, but the losses, you know, certainly hurt. When you say maybe we should love preparing and, and doing the things before the game, are you saying that, that you may not have 100% buy-in? Well, it's not the buy-in. It's just, you know, how much are we doing outside of the time that we're at the facility? I don't know. You know what I mean? Those are questions that, you know, if they just, you know, if you as a professional athlete just work you know, 8 to 4 or 8 to 4.30, and I don't know how much you get out of it. You know, maybe God gifted you with some really, really cool talents. Um, you know, we just have to. I'll do a little bit more, and that's that's with me and the preparation, and that's with the coaches and the players, and you know, just a little bit more of everything. 
Mm. I mean, at the end of that from Vrabel, it was kind of meandering through his emotions. You could see there after Jim Wyatt asked him about, you know, the hardest uh, point of your head coaching career and then getting to the point where if guys are just putting in, you know, their 8 to 4 p.m. efforts, that's not enough. I mean, Zach, what do you think about that comment? I mean, I think he's absolutely correct. I love that. That honestly was my favorite Vrabel video of all season. We've probably played a hundred plus. I do think this is the hardest time in his career because when you start as a head coach, you're trying to figure it out. Granted that, but you're working with John Robinson. You're building a roster. You're having some grace. You go out and you make the decision to trade for Ryan Tannehill and replace Marcus Mariota. You find some success. You're the number one seed in the AFC a year ago. And then this thing has, you know, the wheels have fallen off essentially. Now they're trying to put them back on mm -hmm. to at least finish some sort of race this year. But I think this is all encompassing of uh, a sports team, of a company, of everything. You got to do more. And if you're not willing to put in the extra effort and go the extra mile and do the extra work and do the things that people don't see, get up early and stay late, work on weekends. It doesn't matter. You are going to get more out of it. It is, it is like, that is a life lesson. That is the easiest life lesson that you could have. And now you take it to football terms. And if you don't have the talent, and this has been, I mean, apparent, if you don't have the talent that is adequate enough to get you to where you are, and he mentioned it, right? If you maybe have the God-gifted ability, this team does not have the God-gifted ability. And even if they did, they're hurt, right? So the, that ability is now lessened because your best player on defense, Jeff Simmons, has an ankle. Danico mm -hmm. Autry's been dealing with injury. Bud Dupree has been dealing with two hips. Your back half of your secondary has been hurt. Harold Landry hasn't even played a single snap all season. That's just the defense. I haven't even gotten to the, uh, the less talent on the offensive side of the football. You've got to do more. You, this is lunch pale USA. And I think, I think that's the premise of most coaches and most bosses and most anything. Just work as hard as you effing can to make up for anything, any of your, your deficiencies. Cause everybody has deficiencies, but you hurt your team when you're not putting in from 100%. I, I, I preach it 100%. It drives me mad when people only give 80% or 75% or 90%. And it's really hard to find those individuals that give 100%. I believe Mike Vrabel gives 100%. That's why he's the reigning coach of the year. I don't think his team is giving 100% based on that clip. Well, and I think... We're seeing why Mike Vrabel was as good of a player as he was too, right? Because Mike Vrabel was the type of player who might have not been the most talented guy. He was not a first-round pick talent. He was not a day-one starter as an NFL player. He was a guy who worked his way through a bunch of different roles and got to be and, and outworked so many people to have a 15-year career in the NFL where he caught touchdowns uh, and then also stop a lot of touchdowns from being scored. And, and I think that's <clears throat> that mentality has made him a good football coach. 
as well. So, you know, I, I do think it's very interesting of a lot of comments came in as we were playing that video from Mike Vrabel and then throughout uh, your reaction to it, Zach. And I did see, you know, Darren says he completely agrees with you, Zach. Uh, Orlando says 1000% correct. Darren talks about his, his willingness to stay late at his job. And I did see a comment from John. Is Vrabel blaming the players because that answer could go both ways, right? Like that could also be valid. Uh, those comments from Vrabel could also be directed towards coaches uh, who need to put in the extra work and players, anybody in that facility that has anything to do with the product on the football field, that uh, comment from Vrabel could be relevant to. So John, uh, we're going to go ahead and play this clarification from Mike Vrabel when, when the uh, Titans media had an opportunity to follow up with him yesterday on Monday uh, about his 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. type of comments. Here was Mike Vrabel from Monday. Were you talking to some specific guys or were you talking kind of thematically about everybody giving Yeah, them? I mean, I think that, you know, I guess I just have to be more careful with how I choose my words. I just was trying to say that we all need to, to, to say less and, and just try to start doing more right now and just, you know, studying more, you know, communicating more, asking more questions, um, you know, coaching better, explaining, teaching better, um, you know, so that players can come back with questions and say, hey, I saw this. Um, how would we, you know, play that? Or, you know, I wasn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, spreading a message to the media that I haven't said to the to the players at any point in time that's it's not how I want to coach so that that that's all that was that was just you know just explaining it I think you know again building off that how how much better can we get physically at this point in the season where can we try to find an edge to to help us win so to answer John's question, no, it didn't sound like he was directing it at just the players or just specific players. The coaches were involved in that as well. And so Mr. Jones comments is as the shut up and dribble uh, line of say less and do more when it comes to this week. And, you know, Rob says that Vrabel looks so defeated and Mitchell says that Vrabel sounds so pathetic uh, and beat down coming in from Rob. So there's a lot of emotion. You can tell that this, this season has taken a toll on Mike Vrabel uh, because of the five-game losing streak. Zach, did you have anything to add uh, on the second clarification before we get to our main question? Well, I agree with Bama Brad. The clarification was damage control, right? But I, yeah. I believe the first clip. I believe you say what you mean and you mean what you say. I believe that Mike Vrabel meant every word of that first clip talking about guys need to get in there and work harder. You've got to outwork your opponent if you don't have the luxury of having A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, the possible MVP, and, and Jalen Hurts in a good defense. You have to outwork them, you know? And you're going to have to outwork the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night who are much more talented than the Tennessee Titans. These are mm -hmm. just straight facts, homie. And, and then you get into this point in the season, you know, look, defeated. I don't want to say that the Mike Vrabel and the Titans team is defeated because the season's not over. I think that they have gone through a extreme rough, rough patch. I do think they are mentally weak as of now. I'd like to, at a later date, maybe tomorrow, uh, see if you've turned the corner on that after they lost to the worst team no. in the NFL. 
And I think that this Titans team, after Mike Vrabel's boss has gotten fired, his offensive coordinator got a uh, DUI and he had to deal with that, and his quarterback is out for the foreseeable future. His defense and offense has been, well, his defense is decimated with injuries. His offense is just not very good. His offensive line is scotch taped together, and I'm trying to find something less reliable than scotch tape and so I'm still searching for that. Maybe I'll find that before Thursday night's game. Hmm. And I do think that this team is in a state of disarray. But to say all of that, it's all still in front of them. They still can make the playoffs. They still can have this season a success, quote unquote, at the stage of where they are right now. But to do that, you're going to have to outwork your opponents. And I think that's what his battle cry is publicly at the podium. Man, I feel like John was on our pre-show call because John has just brought up a couple comments to get us to the next uh, conversation because he said, I agree with the hard work, but they've been handicapped on offense for two years. You can't outwork bad play calling. And the team not working hard is a reflection on the coaching staff. So, John bringing the heat today on Facebook there. So let's get to this question, Zach, uh, that we had set up. Do you believe the Titans can work their way into the playoffs? Do you believe the Titans can work their way into the playoffs? Kind of going to that, they have to outwork everybody. They have to work harder, prep harder, do more uh, work throughout the week. Do you think the Titans can outwork and work their way into the playoffs? But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who to go to, who to trust, and who can get you back to health and full recovery. And the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute can absolutely do that. They've got over a dozen physicians and specialists there who specialize in any type of injury that you could possibly have happen to you, whether it's playing rec sports, just life in general. It's been icy and snowy, slipping and falling uh, out there in the conditions and you get hurt. You need the Bone and Joint Institute. Oh, your son or daughter playing youth sports gets hurt. They got the specialist there as well with sports orthopedics. So check them out in Franklin. They do it better than anybody else in the region. The region means the mid-state, Southern Kentucky, Northern Alabama. Check them out, boneandjointtn.org. It is Sports powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. We love BetMGM and we love BetMGM for multiple reasons. But one of them is because they have a risk free bet on pro football up to $1,000 for new users. If you have not downloaded the BetMGM app, it's about to be bowl season in NFL playoffs. It's a good time to sign up. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports, all one word. No spaces in the promo code tab. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. Download the app today. All right, so the question we're throwing out there to you guys, and you can answer it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. We'll read your comments. Do you believe the Titans can work their way into the playoffs? Just like Mike Vrabel saying, you got to have more. Eddie uh, says yes. Uh, Stephen King is a hard no. Tighten up says no. Um, David Allen says, absolutely. The Jags are not the 03 Patriots, which the 03 Patriots, uh, you know, a Mike Vrabel uh, on the roster winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, an absolutely from David there. Marcus Walker says, no. Mitchell says, not a chance. Andre says, no. The Titans need to work their way to that number 10 or 11 pick. We might talk about that some tomorrow. Um, let's see. Steven, uh, different Steven says, 
Yes, if not, then Vrabel is gone. I don't think Mike Vrabel is going anywhere. Uh, his his uh, seat is very cushy Well, right look, now. crazier things have happened. I think, and again, I wasn't on this show, but I was talking to Sam. You didn't think John Robinson was going anywhere the day before he got fired. Yeah, but I... I, I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just state that because... Yes, but these are strong statements. But it, but I think even at that point, we knew that John Robinson would probably be the first to go when it came to him or Vrabel. I, yeah, you know, but you didn't think that we he was, again. We didn't expect it to happen at that point. But you, you had a feeling that J. Rob's uh, job security was not as strong as Vrabel's, and I think with the firing of John Robinson, it just made Mike Vrabel's even stronger. That's just. My thought. Uh, Scott says the doubts the Titans can work their way into the playoffs. Sheila John says yes. Um, Lot says they can, but will they is the question. And fair, uh, using that the, the words there. Grim Jim says not at all, just lip service at, the, at that point. Alex says they can. Any given day just will be tough. Rob says they can work their way into the playoffs, but they won't. So he doesn't think that the, they will do the extra work there, Rob. Um, uh, big Steve says big. Nope. Uh, healthy. If healthy, 50% Willis Wilbur says, no, you can't outwork Todd Downing being a bad, bad play caller. Will Dodson says, no, not with the coaching staff. Corey says, sure. Uh, Caleb says, no, Downing has to call a decent game in week 18 and the Titans aren't talented enough to just work, need some good game management. So, you know, work goes to the players and the roster. It goes to the coaching staff, including Todd Downing. Zach, do you believe the Titans can work their way into the playoffs uh, as Mike Vrabel's alluding to? Well, they worked their way into the number one seed last year once Derrick Henry went down. Yeah. So I think that is very, very telling. The, the best quality about Mike Vrabel as a head coach is that he gets every ounce of his players, right? He is doing more with less. That's been his thing. And what we've just been saying, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why John Robinson was fired is, imagine if he had more. Imagine if he had better players, what he could get out of those guys, where this team would be. And now, so that's the positive side of things. The negative spin is you've got a rookie quarterback that's not very good in a bad play call. And offense is going to put points on the board, and you've got to score more points than the other team, right? That's the concept of football. Can. That's the other keyword. Mm -hmm. Yes, they can. I think the Titans can outwork. You're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're not world beaters. They're playing good football, but they're not the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not the Dallas Cowboys. They're not the 49ers who are playing really good football with a backup quarterback. They've got a stellar defense. They're not the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals. So, yes, they can. And I think Mike Vrabel, that is the perfect guy to do it. Now, after that, I don't think anything can happen. I don't think that they can maybe make it to the divisional game. But any given Sunday, we've always talked about that. In Jacksonville, Malik, I think this is the hardest can that we've ever had because of Downing and Malik Willis. Malik Willis is just not there. He, he is far from whatever there is. He just doesn't have the NFL skill set at this time. I don't he know was, if he'll ever have it. Well, and the thing is, like, he wasn't expected to have it this year. No. Right? Yeah, and, and that's the that's what I want to continue to be clear is Malik Willis 
was not supposed to be ready to win NFL games as the starter in his rookie season. But that was the situation at hand. Yeah, I know, I know, but th- it was never the plan to have Malik Willis carry this team to a playoff berth, which is basically what the Titans are doing. And the Titans, you know, Mike Vrabel talked about this too uh, yesterday, that the reason why Ryan Tannehill is not on injured reserve is because he's doing everything he possibly can to get ready for week 18. And, you know, Paul Kowarski said very likely that he's done for the season. Uh, then Adam Schefter over the weekend said that Ryan Tannehill is definitely out for the rest of the season and not likely to make it for a playoff potential game. But the Titans are keeping Ryan Tannehill active to see what they can possibly do to see if Ryan Tannehill can do something uh, in week 18 to get to the playoffs. Well, and can they? Yes, they can. They Everything is set up for them to be able to. I'll use, I'll take one of PK's words. Very unlikely, right? That's like, will they? Very unlikely. But can they? Yes. I think they, look, defenders are coming back. Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons are still there. Bud Dupree is still there. Kevin Byard is still there. You may, you get Zach Cunningham back. He hurt his elbow again. So he got re-injured. And David Long is still could so be back the the david long thing because I, I did um he's not gonna know, come back thursday uh, but vrabel could he said, come back a week from sunday yeah vrabel said david long and cal phillips are quote not an option this week for the cowboys game which is just two days from now but there was uh, uh media members that mentioned that they saw david long in the locker room yesterday and typically you see the player that's on ir in the locker room about a week before the player is back. And so the hope is the player being visible, David Long Jr. being seen on a Monday slash Wednesday in the locker room means that maybe David Long Jr. could be back for week 18 in Jacksonville. I think that unfortunately, this is going to come down to what happened in Vrabel's first season as head coach. His quarterback is going to be iffy on whether he can play. Now, Ryan Tannehill is about 50,000 times tougher than Marcus Mariota of what we've seen. And I do believe that the grit and want of Ryan Tannehill for this team and for himself is going to want to be out there. But I don't know. You talk about physically unable to perform. My gut is that Ryan Tannehill at that juncture, a win and get in scenario in week 18, will be physically unable to perform because of that ankle. And you'll have to ride with Downing and Malik Willis. And that's where I, you know, it's very likely that they'll come up short. Yeah. So Zach, your answer to the question was, yes, they can, but you don't really, you, well, the question is, do you believe the Titans can work? So you do believe they can. Yeah, they've, they've done it before. They did it last year. When Derrick Henry went down, if we would have polled everybody to say, can the Titans get the number one seed in the AFC still without Derrick Henry? I don't think we would have had a yes on, in the chat, right? But they did. So that tells me that they can. That's why my answer okay. is the way my answer is. All right. My answer is going to be no. They cannot. And I and you, you gave two reasons why... You're not 
too sure two reasons why it's going to be tough for the Titans. I'm going to add a third. Uh, but first, tell us all about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com is where to go to get your new health plan. I got my health plan at the beginning of 2022. We're almost to 2023. I'm riding over, baby. I'm going right into 2023 with Farm Bureau Health Plans. I love my plan that much. They help me on a ton of different fronts. Health, dental, vision, 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. Right there on the screen. Quick health assessment. They give you a quote. You can switch. Anybody can switch. And they've got your perfect plan for your perfect situation. That's FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. Also, download the BetMGM app. Use our code A-T-O-Z Sports. That gives you a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. Zach, uh, uh, man, my my football season has been ph- phenomenal uh, so far with BetMGM, and it's coming down the last couple of weeks uh, for pro football. So it's a couple of opportunities for you to take advantage of our code ATOZ Sports when you sign up for the BetMGM app. Plug in that code ATOZ Sports. You make your first deposit, and your first bet on pro football is risk free up to one thousand dollars. That means you get uh, a couple opportunities if you miss it uh, to get that. Uh, cash roll started. So visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualification, eligible requirements. Rewards issued with knowledge for bets. Like credit for bets expire seven days. For public game of sport called Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. So asking the question, and a lot of you guys have answered, do you believe the Titans can work their way into the playoffs based off of Mike Vrabel saying you got to do more? Say less, do more this week. Spend more time in the film room. Prep more. Work on your bodies more. Try to do everything uh, there. Anything you can possibly do to get to the playoffs. So, Zach, you said the Titans can. You believe the Titans can. But you have two things that do create doubt, right? It's Todd Downing as a play caller and Malik Willis as the quarterback that we expect to play Week 18 in Jacksonville. Those are your two doubtful type of situations. I'm adding a third. It's the offensive line. And it's the fact that all three of those things are on one side of the football. It's it's Todd Downing's calling the plays to a rookie quarterback who is not ready and was not expected to be ready at this point behind five guys collectively who are not supposed to be also playing together. Like Dennis Daly is as bad as it gets as an offensive lineman. We've been over that so many times. Uh, Aaron Brewer, while he... Like Aaron Brewer is the exact example of can you outwork somebody to be successful? And the answer is yes, to an extent. And Aaron Brewer at 285 pounds, he's actually listed at 295. I don't necessarily believe it, but he can only work outwork the opponent to an extent before he just gets overpowered every fourth pass snap. And then you've got Corey Levin at center and then Jordan Ruse at right guard and NPF at right tackle slash LaRaven Clark, who played the second half at right tackle because NPF had an ankle injury. You've got those five or six guys out there with Malik Willis, with Todd Downing. I don't think they can. Like, because what type of extra work can that offensive line put together? Can Malik Willis put together and Todd Downing? Like, If there's one of the three that I feel most confident in, that could put in more work to actually get better results of the three. I only trust in Malik Willis to show some extra growth. Todd Downings is who he is. He's not a good play caller. 
He might be fine throughout the week, but he's he's not good in situational play calls, uh, and, and he's shown that. The offensive line doesn't have the ability and that there is no way that extra work they can put in together is going to all of a sudden make them of an asset to this offense. Well, and then, but Malik can Malik can a little bit in that's can nine right. Days, You're like, saying can that the, the key can, word is can Malik can, but I don't trust that Downing's. But he's be, the most important player on the field. If he's if it's if he's the quarterback, and yeah. if you're saying that the quarterback, which is the most important valued position in team sport, can that's the key word of this whole question. Can, again, he can improve with work over the next nine days and another experience opportunity against the Cowboys, he can improve. I just don't think Todd Downing is going to improve. Technically, if I'm using the same logic, Todd Downing can improve too. I just don't believe it's going to happen. The offensive line is what it is. And it sucks. That's the problem. Like, if you go back to the play that Malik got sacked, I think it was the second sack of the game in the second quarter, I want to say, against the first quarter against the Texans, where Chig and Daly did not move and boom, easy sack around the edge. It's because Corey Levin didn't do his job right. That's what Mike Vrabel said uh, about that play is that the center who is a backup, who is a practice squad type of guy who has been within this organization for a few years on and off. He didn't do his job correct. So then the two guys on the left screwed up, which then got your quarterback sacked immediately had zero chance to do anything. So it all starts with the offensive line, and I just don't think that they're going to be anywhere good enough to allow Malik Willis to make plays. I think it will be very extremely difficult. But, Austin, if there's one team in the NFL that can get the most out of what they have, wouldn't you say it's the Tennessee Titans? Like, listen to that statement. If there's one team in the NFL that can get the most out of actually what they have, which is less it would be a Mike Vrabel-led Tennessee Titans game in a one-game scenario against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who you ran 100 yards on in the first quarter. You still have Derrick Henry. Look, I actually take a different approach in Week 18 if, in fact, you were dealing with the same offensive line, Todd Downing and Malik Willis. I throw the offensive playbook out, and I you've got to run Derrick Henry, but you have now have to put Malik Willis into – I mean, you got nothing to lose, right? I mean, the one thing that you'd have to lose is risk of like extreme injury, but that's a risk every that's, single time you walk out on the field. But that's that's been more of a reality than a risk. Well, yeah, but and that's that that's fair. But I, you got one game scenario. I think you run a completely different offense that utilizes Malik Willis's legs and makes defenders make some unorthodox decisions because we know Austin that if Malik Willis gets an open field and open space, he can outrun guys. He can score. And that's his, at this point in time, at this juncture in his career, that's kind of all you have. He's not going to spin it like Manning and Brady. So you've got to kind of play him like a little bit like the Ravens play Lamar Jackson. That I think is going to have to be the approach if you're in a one-game scenario, that's why I say it can. Probability is no, they won't. But can, you got Derrick Henry and probably, probably a healthier defense at that point in time, yeah. which is fair. 
Yeah, the best thing the Titans have going for them is they have 12 days, including today, before game day. That means everything, right? The Jags game does mean everything. This Cowboys game literally means nothing. But, you know, then you we'll talk about this throughout the week uh, of what we're going to be doing uh, with the Cowboys Thursday night game. And, you know, what does this mean for either team? How much do you have to, you know, see the ball go through the hoop to feel better about the next shot, even if there was a foul call and, and that ball going through the hoop didn't put any points on the scoreboard. Like there's this whole thing of the psyche of what this game means. So, you know, you asked me if there's one team in the NFL that I believe that could do this, it would be the Titans. I believe in Mike Vrabel. I believe that Mike Vrabel is probably not left that facility since he got back after Christmas day. I think Mike Vrabel went home on Christmas day. I think he hung out with his wife and his kids who were home, wherever they're doing. I believe he, he spent that day, Sunday at home. And I think he got to the facility and he hasn't left yet. And I don't think he's going to leave until they have to board the plane to go to Jacksonville. Like, I, I think Mike Vrabel will do everything he can. But again, the coach... And what he's asking in that first clip, join me. Do you, do you want to play it again? Yes. Let's I love this again. clip. It's my favorite clip of all time. Of all right, Mike we'll Vrabel in the history is- of Mike Vrabel. This is Mike Vrabel Saturday after the game when Jim Wyatt of the TennesseeTitans.com asked Vrabel, is this five-game losing streak the hardest point that he's had as his head coaching career? I mean, I think that that's part of the job. I think that's part of this obligation to the football team is to try to be as honest as you can with them. Um, try to recognize the difference between, you know, a guy making a mistake. You know I mean? You hear, man, I hate losing. I hate losing, too. So maybe we should love preparing and love focusing um, before the game and doing as much as we possibly can so that we don't make mistakes in critical times or mental errors, things that could be avoid- avoided. Uh, as far as, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of the job. You know, it's, you know, it's rewarding watching guys succeed. That's why I do this and watching them develop and, and improve. Uh, you know, but the losses, you know, certainly – Hurt. When you say maybe we should love preparing and, and doing the things before the game, are you saying that that you may not have 100% buy-in? Well, it's not the buy-in. It's just, you know, how much are we doing outside of the time that we're at the facility? I don't know. You know what I mean? Those are questions that, you know, if they just, you know, if you as a professional athlete just work you know, 8 to 4 or 8 to 4.30, and I don't know how much you get out of it. You know, maybe God gifted you with some really, really cool talents. Um, you know, we just have to, you know, all do a little bit more. And that's that's with me and the preparation, and that's with the coaches and the players, and you know, just a little bit more of everything. And so there's Vrabel, and he did follow up yesterday and saying when he was asked that he was not pointing out a specific group of players. He included the coaching staff in teaching and cutting up film and doing a better job of install all the things, right? He made that an all encompassing quote when he was able to follow up on it and clarify yesterday, but that was an emotional type of answer. Uh, and, and by the way, hat tip to Ron Davenport. That's a damn follow-up question right there. When you, when you, you know, you got to love preparing and focusing and then follow up on that to give us that eight and four quote, from or eight to four quote from Mike Vrabel. And I, you know, I just, I just don't think the Titans have the guys right now to do this. 
you know, well, I, I they've never they haven't. I've been preaching that all but, year. But <laughs> they but haven't had they, the talent since I mean, we knew that. Yeah, but they've got like 19 guys on injured reserve right now, and then another 12 guys who missed walk through practice yesterday with injury. That's just that Zach. Well, so the, so the guys. So this is the concept of Rabel. It's not the buy-in. The buy-in. It was a great question. I agree with you. It's yeah. not the buy-in. It's the action. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Sure. Talk is All cheap. You can yeah. sit there. I hate losing too. Well, what are you going to do about it? Like it's 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 the work. Like you have to outwork people sometimes, and maybe that action. And I think Mike Vrabel does trickles down to say, if I'm willing to do this, why aren't you? And he, I think he's trying to get his guys knowing that they're not talented to say, let's rise above and be more like your head coach. That's, but that's the only way that they can make the playoffs. Yeah. It's the only way. And that's what I think he clarified in in the next clip was, is that I'm not sitting here calling anybody out, but if we have a ceiling for our, if you have a ceiling for your talent level and your skill, you now have to override that with work. your work. And, and I think and if this, you don't, you will fail. What does this bring full circle? This brings full circle the, I don't rely on talent and I don't want to rely on talent from Mike Vrabel, right? Because relying on talent doesn't force the player or the coach to put in that extra work. So, and you know, credit to Mike Vrabel. He says a lot of things to the media because he talks to the media three or four times a week, but the consistency of not relying on talent that a lot of people, including me made fun of him for saying back when he said it, but he's, he's, he is at least walking that walk off of what he's saying. Because and he so, can't, because we figured out talent versus coaching. Well, the and, correct answer was talent. <laughs> well, and, and like I said, right there, there, I went back and counted while you were talking. There are 19 Titans players on injured reserve currently. 19. Zach Cunningham came off of it. So at one point, he was on there too. But 19 guys currently on IR and 12 dudes who were either not practicing or limited. That's 31 guys that are dealing with injury. And out of, they bring 90 guys to the, to camp. And they think about, they got 53 guys in the roster right now, plus 16 on the practice squad, plus a 31. I mean, that's, that's just half of this team's uh, training camp roster is hurt. That's insane. Once again, it's insane. And I believe they've played 84 people so far this season, which is getting close no one does no one cares. I got nobody cares. No one cares. But Zach, there's a but there's a reason why. Remember in the post-game show, there's a reason why you, you brought up, you know, when's the last time a team was seven and three and then missed the playoffs? And I I it, the Baltimore Ravens last year were eight and three, lost six in a row, missed the playoffs because Lamar Jackson got hurt. The Titans are following that same exact pattern. And their quarterback is hurt. And the quarterback is hurt. And what else was hurt from the Ravens? Everything. I mean, Marlon Humphreys was out. They had every running back get hurt. Dobbins was, yeah. Yeah, everything. Everybody was hurt for the Ravens last year and were the Titans. But the Titans got guys back. The Ravens didn't last year. The Titans, I just don't think they're getting guys back. And you know what? And I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but the surge of the Bengals prevented 
the Ravens from making the playoffs last year. With a second-year quarterback. And, well, and really the surge, the Steelers made the playoff in Big Ben's last year. It was the surge of the Steelers at the end of the year. This year, it's the surge of the Jacksonville Jaguars that are knocking at the door to prevent the Tennessee Titans from making the playoffs if they don't figure something out in the next couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. or their season's going to be cashola. Yeah, I will sure. say this. I think Mike Grable knows that he's playing with house money because there's going to be roster turnover after this year with a new general manager. You're going to see a lot of new faces yeah. on the Tennessee Titans going into next season, which I think is a good thing. But you got to get the most out of the guys that you have now. You know, Mike Vrabel's a no-excuse kind of guy. Work harder. I don't care. I love that about him because I'm very similar to that. I don't care what your excuse is. I don't care how many times something happened. Try it again, right? And I, Mike Vrabel's doing all that he can to get the most out of his team. I We just don't know if it will be enough. Yeah, so let's get to the quarterback here, and, and we're gonna we're gonna have a bigger conversation tomorrow about Malik Willis on the field. But a, a quick conversation we want to get to here about Malik Willis and comments that he had after that Titans loss to the Texans that didn't sit right with a lot of people. We'll play that video here in a second, but first let me tell you guys about Hughes and Coleman injury lawyers. They are the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans, and when you have been injured in a car wreck, that's where you need to go. Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, for a free case consultation, call them at 800-800-4600. They've recovered over $1 billion for their clients over the past 30 years in Tennessee and in Kentucky and have the resources and will fight the insurance company for all of them for you as well. So Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, again, their phone number 800-800-4600. Call for a free case consultation if you've been injured in a car wreck. Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, principal office in Nashville, Tennessee. It is eSports powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. The king of sports books, ATOZ Sports, all one word is the promo code. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. Download the app today in your Apple or Android app store. That's BetMGM. All right, Zach, we're going to play this video, and it's about Malik Willis's post-game press conferences that did not sit right with a lot of people. So it's a minute 17. Here is a Titans quarterback, Malik Willis, after the Titans lose 19-14 to the Houston Texans uh, Saturday. I know Malik, I guess, for your kind of upbeat uh, personality, I mean, how important is it now maybe to inspire others to keep people from being down, you know, during a, a five-game losing streak? I mean, dude, it's football. I mean, you woke up this morning, I woke up this morning, so I'm just as happy as I would have been if we'd have won, you know. Yeah, it's unfortunate and it sucks that we lost, but, I mean, we have an opportunity to wake up tomorrow and learn from it and get better and, we still have everything we want in front of us. I mean, you could be a Debbie Downer about it. I mean, that's your perspective, but I mean, we're blessed, bro. We still got everything we can want. And we have an opportunity to learn from something. I mean, that might be even better than going out there and doing what we wanted to today. How comfortable were you once you got out there after having a week to kind of get ready for this after? I mean, I was fine, regardless of what you see on the stat line. I mean, stat line, if you're looking at the stat line, I mean, you can go worry about your fantasy team, not real life. So, uh, other than that, I felt comfortable out there. I mean, we got some plays going early. Uh, penalties deferred us. I mean, they they just knocked us off our what we was doing. They knocked us off our rhythm uh, in the second half. Just turnovers. I mean, that's the way the game goes. It, whoever doesn't turn the ball over, whoever gets the most completions, whoever gets the most first downs, they win the game. So, 
So that's Malik Willis after the Titans lose 19 to 14, where his box score read 14 to 23, 99 yards, zero touchdown passes, two interceptions, four sacks. He also ran the ball seven times for 43 yards and a touchdown that at one point gave the Titans a lead. So big deal, small deal, or no deal. Malik's comments there. Big deal, small deal, or no deal. Malik's comments after that game. Zach, I'm going to start. I'm going to say it's a small deal because he said the truth, right? Like they do have what, and you said it earlier in the show, the Titans have what they want still in front of them with a chance to go beat the Jags in 12 days, win the AFC South and host a playoff game for the third year in a row. That is still on the table. So it is a small deal, but he, he was set up to, to talk that way. Like the question from Jim Wyatt, who works for the team and you know, Jim White does a great job. Jim White worked his ass off to get the team reporting job, but you know, the nature of it is it's going to be a little more positive on the team website than it is anywhere else, especially on a to Z sports.com or whatever. Right. And so the, the positive question that was tossed to Malik Willis set him up for that answer that was taken without the question set up and went all over the internet where people are attacking Malik Willis for his opinion and his optimism after a bad loss. It's a, it's not a no deal because I do think he needs to learn. They just lost the worst team in the NFL. Yes. That needed to be prefaced right before you said they lost to the Texans, which is correct. The Texans were a one win football team and the worst team in the National Football League to date. They were on pace with only one win to pick first in the 2023 draft. It was also at home. Mm -hmm. The Titans had home field advantage. That should matter in the NFL. And they lost. In a key game, if they would have won, things could have changed on the perspective of the rest of the season. So that also needs to be disclosed before this post-game press conference happened. That just occurred. Yes, and so it's a small deal because it it sounds so tone deaf of the situation. I appreciate the ability to bounce back the next day, and he did say, yeah, it sucks. Losing sucks, and they had it in front of them. They had an opportunity to win, and that sucks. But I, I do think it's a small deal because, look, Malik Willis didn't exactly have a bunch of media asking him questions after uh, his games at Liberty. He wasn't covered that much because of the school. And, you know, this is just more of a wake-up call that in the NFL, and Mike Vrabel said it earlier in the show too, he said he said yesterday, he has to choose his words better. And I think Malik Willis needs to choose his words better in those situations because he has to know what can come from it. And so I don't hate his attitude. I just think he probably should have phrased things a little bit differently in that moment but I, I'm going to give him some grace and I'm not going to hammer him like other people have. All right, let's go to the chat. Big deal, small deal, or no deal on how Malik Willis handled his post-game press conference after the loss to uh, the one-win Texans. Now, two-win Texans uh, after that game. Uh, big deal from Connor. Small deal from Tighten Up. Small from David. No deal from Jarrell. Steven says small deal. Small deal, easy 
from uh, D'Lo. No deal. I like his attitude from Andre. Mr. Jones says no deal. Big Ten Jeff says no deal. Uh, Nate says small deal. John says no deal. Sheila, big deal. Van, small deal. Big big deal from Burning Devil. Small deal from Noah. I mean, we're all across the board, which is pretty interesting yeah. because Guy says no deal. William says small deal. A couple of small deals coming in from Gerald and Re-KT. Uh, small deal from Tones, big deal from Steven, small deal from Brad. Denise says small deal, no deal from William Young. Scott says small, Derek says big deal. I want my quarterback to to go to therapy after losses. And that was a, that's a Ryan Tannehill comment. And then I, I did see this from uh, a commenter. Valentino says, uh, if Tannehill said it, then I would be slobbering. I, I don't know if this is directed at me or not, but no, I would not be slobbering if Ryan Tannehill said what Malik Willis said. I think Ryan Tannehill plays press conferences the way the NFL quarterback should say nothing because well, I, uh, I gain nothing. Ryan Tannehill's nothing. a 30-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, again, he's 34. So... I don't take uh, Ryan Tannehill says nothing in press conferences, and that's that's how he should do it because it's nothing that can be held against him. This is a case of youth. I think it's small deal right now. Yeah. If it continues, it obviously will be a big deal. It's definitely not a no deal because they just lost in a key point. Like, yeah, we're all blessed that we woke up this morning. I'm blessed. Austin, you're blessed that we are able to do this show. I don't take that for granted. I appreciate that. But at the same time, you got to be better, man. After uh, you got to be better. He at the very end, and we won't play the clip again because it's, it's longer, but he's talking about turnovers. He threw the pick. He didn't see the linebacker. That's on him. That was his fault. Like, Talk a little bit about that, right? I, so I want more of responsibility and accountability and not just rah, rah, thank the good Lord above for us breathing air. I, like, I get it, okay? And you also don't want to turn into, and this is a product of what we've seen this year from Zach Wilson, not taking responsibility and getting mm -hmm. his young ass benched early on in his career. Now, his play didn't back things up and he got opportunity and so on and so forth. I don't think that, that this is one of those cases. But I, I do give him a little bit of grace for it not to be big deal because of him being young 20s and this is his first time to do this. And he was probably excited to go play in the NFL for the first time. That should create an emotion. But you're a professional. This is a job. You have things that you are required to do if you want to keep your job. It's cutthroat. NFL stands for not for long. That's why I don't say it's a no deal. I don't say it's a big deal, but it definitely is a small deal that needs to be changed. And I agree with Mike Vrabel. He's just got to think about his words. He just hadn't been in that situation. We'll yeah. see if he improves. That I mean, we, he's going to get a couple more opportunities to close out the season to improve on those post-game yeah. uh, press conferences. And look, I would rather Malik Willis be better on the field than better at the post-game podium. <laughs> but, uh, but, but the pick, right? You talked yeah, about turnovers. Yeah. One of the that was a huge turnover when he threw that interception. Yeah, and and you know, uh, Balvazar says a dude's just happy to be in the NFL. Better enjoy it because it won't last long. I and mean, we don't know how long or how short Malik Willis's career would be, but it sure does seem that way. I don't actually think that's the case. But the way that he portrays things, it does see, seem like he's 
hey, yeah, this is great. Yeah. And I want a little bit more grit. I well, would say that. I want more grit out of Malik Willis at the podium. So let's think about on this. the field. If I think is, he he did yeah, well. Yeah, I, I think Malik worth. Willis. I, I'm excited. I'm curious and excited to see another uh, episode of the Malik Willis show on Thursday night against the Cowboys, where we'll have pregame, halftime, and postgame shows to react to it, and then react in Friday morning. So you know, I do think it's interesting. That was his third start against the Texans. The first time they won, right? So there was no, you know, they won by running for 300 plus yards. They won. His first start, great. There's no real, you know, criticism there. The second start, the next week, they barely lost in overtime at the Chiefs, and there was a lot of good in that game. They were to not a team to, that they should yeah, never. They were twelve and a half point dogs there going into that game, and they took it to OT. So there was no criticism there. This is the, you know, this is game three, the first time the Titans lost with Malik Willis at quarterback in a game that they should have won. So it's also that first example of going through what that meant. Yes. Lost to a team they should have beaten. And his first post-game press conference in the NFL when they lost to a team they were supposed but to But I think that's what fans want. Yeah. Is the feeling of we lost to a team we should have beaten. That, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> that's on me. That's on this team. We have to do better. That's unacceptable. And again, I do have to remember and remind people that, you know, Jim Wyatt asked the question to set up the positive answer. So it, uh, he was answering a question. This was not what Malik Willis said coming out of the gates in his opening statement at his press conference. He was asked this question and he answered it. So like that yes. has to be, yes. It's just, I, if I were to be asked that same question by Jim Wyatt, my answer would not be anything close to what Malik Willis said. Well, he could have said everything of like, yeah, losing sucks, but we can still go out there and win the AFC South and do what we came here to do. Like, you can do that. That's that's the answer of how do you keep the guys positive after this fifth, five losses in a row? Like, oh, well, we can still go win the AFC South. Yeah. We can still earn ourselves a home playoff game. That's how. And But, but, I, but I think the line that was the most telling was I'd be the same way after a win, right? Like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, that's, yeah, wrong. Just, you know, don't use that, you know, take that out of your arsenal when it Choose comes to your words a little bit wiser. Yes, for sure. All right. It is eSports here live on this Tuesday. We were off yesterday on a Monday uh, for Christmas. I hope everybody had a great Christmas, but let's wrap up this Tuesday show with a round of five trivia questions uh, Zach, but first tell us about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your ne- new ride. We had one of our listeners had a problem with the Santa Fe. They reached out, boom, Wilson County Hyundai got it fixed in a, a lot lesser time than some of the other dealers. I mean, that's just one example of Wilson County Hyundai coming to the aid of A to Z sports followers and listeners to our, our company and our program. That's great. I mean, that that's value. That is a true story. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. If you're in the need for a new car in 2023, they got you hooked up and they got great, great prices at WilsonCountyHyundai.com, whether it's the Palisade full-size SUV with third-row seating, the Sonata, which is a four-door sedan. They've got the Elantra, the Santa Fe, like I mentioned, or the Tucson. They also have the Ionic, which is battery-powered. All of their Fuel-driven vehicles are fuel-efficient, and that's key so you can get the most out of it. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Download the BetMGM app. When you do, plug in our code ATOZSports. You make your first deposit, and then boom, right there, risk-free bet 
up to $1,000 on pro football. It's also super easy that once you win a bunch of money from BetMGM, you can withdraw it, put it right back in your bank account. I kind of gave myself a little Christmas bonus, Zach. I, I had a great last month or so, so I, I gave myself a little bit of my BetMGM winnings over the weekend, and it popped up in my account uh, on the first business day. So super easy uh, to withdraw your winnings with BetMGM as well. So use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000 when you use our code ATOZ Sports. It is time officially for Tuesday Sports Trivia. All right, Zach, we got five questions, four sports and one non-sports. We're going, you know, these five at a time. And so we're 70%. We're 21 out of 30. So we need to bounce back. Yesterday or last week was not a good showing by us. I believe we went three and two. So we need a at least a four and one type of day. So let's get this thing rolling. In the sport of bocce, what is the name of the small target ball? In the sport of bocce, what is the name of the small target ball? This is not multiple choice. So we need some bocce players. What is the name of the small target ball in bocce? Surely somebody in the chat has played bocce ball. And knows what that thing is. I called. don't think I've played bocce ball since spring break 2010. I have played it maybe five years ago. I'm at like a bar. Is it? Is it? Is it just the bocce ball? That's kind of what I always assume. I thought the the bocce balls are the actual bigger bocce balls. I got to choose my words wisely here. Yeah, Leo <laughs> says D's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, D's. Final yeah, answer. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was just Orlando says the bowler. Any bocce ball players. Ah, Jeff says the Polino lock it in. Darren says Polino lock it in. Ooh, see, I, 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 we knew we would have some people. Yeah. And Jeff says he played it in school, by the way, no Googling. That's our one rule that we've got uh, for trivia. No Googling. So do we go with the Polino with, with Jeff? And Noah says he still plays in a league. Okay, let's go with the Polino final A to Z. Bocce or bocce ball is played with lar- eight large balls and one small target ball called the Polino. All right. Object of the game is to roll one of the large balls as close to the Polino as possible. So know. there you go. Off to a good start. Let's see what hmm actually I'm not gonna go that route. Uh <laughs> let's go with because uh, I think I know it. Yeah. Uh at the start, uh let's just go back to a few years ago. At the start of the 1955-56 NBA season, there were a total of eight teams in the league which lasted until 1961-62, in which one of those expansion teams was added to the league. What was the name of the team that year? Was it the Chicago Stags, the Chicago Packers, the Chicago Zephyrs, or Anderson Duffy Packers? 1955 NBA season, total of eight teams in the league. That lasted to 61-62, and one expansion team was added to the league. Was it the Chicago Stags, the Chicago Packers, the Chicago Zephyrs, 
or the Anderson Duffy Packers? The Stags, right? Because that's kind of like in somewhat of the Bull family. There's two of them that are are Packers, though. And the Zephyrs... Well, Jarrell says the Zephyrs were a real team. Yes, the Zephyrs were a real team because that, that name sounds familiar. Because, you know, it was the Chicago Packers. Because MB says Chicago Packers lock it in. But it wasn't, that's, what was the Packers name? It was a different name. The Anderson something? The Anderson Duffy Packers. Orlando says the Duffy Packers. MB says Packers, trust me. Do so is go, it the Anderson Duffy Packers or the Chicago Packers? I, I let's go, let's go the Anderson Duffy Packers. Final, Final? A to Z. Yeah, we're going, we're rolling with MB. Chicago had been added to the league as an expansion franchise in 1961. And the Chicago Packers center, Walt Bellamy, won Rookie of the Year honors. The Chicago Stags were in the NBA for the first four seasons, advancing to the NBA Finals in the first year. But the correct answer is the Chicago Packers. So we were right. What you said, the Duffy Packers, right? I thought that was the thing. So there were two Packers? Yes. Oh, God. I didn't even know that. I got confused. Yeah, it was the Chicago Stags, the Chicago okay. Packers, in, the Chicago in, Zephyrs, or the Anderson Duffy Packers. And you final day to Z to Anderson Duffy oh, Packers. I thought that I, I missed because NB said Chicago Packers lock it in. What do we do here? Because that's a, that's a me error. That's it. You you locked it in. Oh, I, <laughs> oh no. Next sorry, question. Guys. One and one. Oh. <clears throat> Which team did Brian Shaw never play for in the first 13 seasons of his career? The Golden State Warriors, the Utah Jazz, the Portland Trailblazers, or the Boston Celtics? Which team did Brian Shaw never play for in his first 13 seasons of his career. I can see Brian Shaw's face. So I know what he looks like. Now I just got to put a, a Jersey on him. So this is what he, what team he never played for the Warriors, the jazz, the Blazers or the Celtics. He definitely played for the jazz. <clears throat> yes. In his first 13 years. So maybe Mr. Jones says Blazers. Juan says Blazers. He did not play for the Blazers. That does. I cannot see Brian Shaw in a Blazers uniform. Yeah, he played for the Celtics. I don't. I. I don't know. The Celtics doesn't pop into my head either. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think Blazers makes a lot of sense. I remember the Jazz. I think the most. The Jazz. But that was his first 13 years. So would I remember the Jazz because it might have been after his first 13 years? I don't remember Brian Shaw in a Jazz uniform. He played for the Celtics, and I, I'm pretty positive he played for the Warriors. Yeah. The Warriors, I feel like, was... The Jazz. 
So what, what is team the chat? You... So it's it's between the Jazz and the players, Blazers. It sounds like. Uh, Jarrell says he's thinking Jazz, but I, he doesn't know. Titans Cal says not the Jazz. Here's the hard thing: like, did he not play for the Jazz, or is the Jazz the correct answer? Like, which team to... did Brian Shaw never play for in his first 13 seasons of his career? But his first 13 seasons. That's what's throwing me off. All right, so let's go Jazz. Because Titans Kyle says he played for the Blazers 100%. Let's go with the Jazz. Final eight is the... We're going you, final eight So you're Z. recouping... Yeah, I'm recouping. That, you know, I can be wrong. It's, I, so Jazz, final eight is eight. Brian Shaw also played for the Sixers, the Lakers, yeah. the Magic, and the Heat on top of the Warriors, the Celtics, and the Blazers. Okay. He never played for the Utah Jazz. All right. So I was wrong from the very beginning. Man, at least this I didn't burn a tough one. Time. This is a tough go for you. Yeah, right. Well, we're two and one. So two last and one. sports question. We go to boxing. No multiple choice. What in boxing was once the absolute lowest weight category? What in boxing was once the absolute lowest weight category? There is flyweight. I do know that because I watch boxing, but was once. Welter Feather. Fly is lower than feather, I believe. The chat's saying featherweight. Is there a super feather? Valentina says super feather. Because once, once was... What's the flyweight? So you're saying flyweight is above... Well, no, but but it is flyweight a newer category? That's where I'm conf- confused. No, flyweight is, I feel like is older than featherweight. So it, the question's phrase is once was once the lightest. Yeah, what Meaning, in so yeah, so what in boxing was once the absolute lowest weight category? So it sounds like it's not anymore, right? Was yeah, once so then, meaning not any not currently the lowest. Danny says featherweight smaller than fly, but then we've got uh the opposite of that. <clears throat> Super featherweight? I mean, that sounds very light. Flightweight? Featherweight? Featherweight sounds... I think featherweight is newer, but featherweight sounds less weight than fly. Yeah, I just... The the once was thing is throwing me. What do we want to go with? You... I think you can be the tiebreaker on this because you know way more about boxing than I do. Super flyweight? But it sounds like supers 
yeah. or newer? Super, yeah. I think let's just go with flyweight. Okay. Final A to Z. Flyweight. Used by Ring Ma- Magazine is under 105 pounds. It is known as the strawweight division. The next oh. class is bantamweight division. Bantamweight division. There were some people that said strawweight. The WBO and IBF introduced the atom weight in 2007, which is 102. What? Atom weight. So if you ever play trivia, atom weight is the current lowest weight category. That's a tough question because was once like, <clears throat> you know, I don't know when was the, I don't know. Was fly, was fly weight at once the, the lowest? I guess not. <clears throat> so All two right. and two, not great. We go with the non-sports question. What is Taylor Swift's middle name? Elizabeth, Renee, Sue, or Allison? Damn, this is a good question. I think it's Elizabeth. What is Taylor Swift's middle name? I think it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Renee, Sue, or Allison? Taylor, Sue, Swift? No way. Taylor Elizabeth. Taylor Elizabeth does sound the best. I think, I think that's it. I think it's Elizabeth. Jeff says Allison, lock it in. Why? Ooh. Why lock it in, Jeff? She does look like an Elizabeth, whatever that means. I, it's not Sue. <laughs> Oh, Taylor Sue. I want to know, like, Seth and Jeff are like, it's totally Allison. How do you know? That was quick, too. Like, yeah, I want to know why. Um, Noah says Allison. We're getting a lot of Allison. Da- Noah dated a Swifty. So, this is stuff that gets brought up if you date a Swifty. I, I, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever talked to a Swifty. I'm sure you have. You live in Nashville and you have your entire life. You absolutely yeah, but like gotten to the level of you've like, never, wow, you've never, you're a, you you've never are gotten a into a conversation about you it. are you are labeling yourself as a Swifty. All right, so let's go, Allison. We're going Allison with uh, the chat here. Final to Z, Taylor, Allison, Swift. Taylor was named after her aunt. Auntie A. Auntie Allison. All right. Three and two. God, it's not good enough. No, it's not. It makes us 24 out of 35. Which drops us to 68.5%. We're getting into a bad free throw percentage right now. (laughs) We got to be at least good free throw shooters. Yeah, it's true. All right, that'll wrap it up for us on this Tuesday. Don't forget, we've got a great content rolling forward. Titans back on the practice field and have locker room availability today. Sam Fan will be there with all the coverage and have that coverage up on our YouTube channel. Buck Rising live tonight, A to Z Sports Prime Time. So get ready for that at 8 o'clock 
uh, Central Time tonight. And we will be back tomorrow morning on a Wednesday with bigger conversations about Malik Willis and potential uh, of draft jockeying as well. So we'll talk about that later on. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. Talk to you soon. Adios.